the Shine Podcast and I'm Dr. Selena B and I welcome you to come and listen and get lessons about the brain. I'm Jeremy Strike. First off, we want to thank uh, Dafu at One Piece Work. Uh, we're in this beautiful office in downtown San Francisco and just really grateful that you can set us up here and anyone who's looking at, into a workspace, you know, if you're working out of a coffee shop, seriously recommend something like this. It's awesome. Build a community for sure. Yeah, it's a really beautiful space and it feels like just the perfect place to be conducting this podcast today. Absolutely. It's such a beautiful day today too, yeah. in terms of shining. Right. So today we're going to be talking about the uh, the brainstem. And as we'll, we'll get into a little bit, it's the oldest part uh, of our brains and uh, really drives the core of who we are and what we do. So Selena, you want to say a little more on that? Yeah, so the brainstem is really old, and but it's the kind of the relay station between the spinal cord and the top part of the brain, and it connects our brain to our body, really. And the really interesting thing about the brainstem, where I was completely wrong, is that uh, we thought it was the thing that was automatic, regulating your heart rate and your breathing and things like that. And I've come to see, and I should have known this sooner, that maybe we were wrong about that. And um, so I used to call it scout, meaning it's just out there scouting for the environment and keeping your heart rate at the right pace and your breathing at the right pace and your core temperature reacting to the environment. But now I've changed my complete mind about that and there's lots of reasons for that. And one of the reasons is because of the Wim Hof findings. Mm -hmm. And people are gonna say, what how do you say that name mm -hmm. well i think you'd remember him as the ice man for those of you who don't know wim hof is uh he's just like a, a decorated how would you describe him world record Holding. setting for ice temperatures yeah, sitting he's in just ice. like an exceptional human but there's really nothing biologically exceptional about him no. he just has trained his body and his brain to do to go out into a mountain in just his boxers and as an example, okay sit, sit in ice for two hours. He's got twenty world records now. Right, he's swum under ice sheets. So once upon a time, he was considered a circus act, and people thought he was extreme. And he's against everything because he's just the extreme example of something. So therefore, it's not the rule. But he's now gone on to train like forty thousand people around the world, and and because of my curiosity also personally realizing that the brainstem area could possibly be trained mm -hmm. i.e neuroplasticity i entered and did his course mm -hmm. and i've been doing it myself and i've been measuring everything as i go using oxygen meters using ph strips and following his technique and i think the coolest part of it is that it can be trained mm -hmm. Now, why does this matter to the audience? And that's because he is hell-bound, just kind of like I am, mm -hmm. on a mission to show people that they're in charge of their brain, at least at some level. So, as an example, his theme is be happy, healthy and strong, which is kind of our theme, right, to rise and shine. Mm -hmm. But how do you become happy, healthy and strong and how do you train your brain is really when you rise every morning it's it's how you start the day that's the very beginning of this journey so uh, what I love about 
his method is the deep breathing exercises improve blood flow and oxygen to nearly every cell in your body and that's this thing we stop doing and stress which we're going to talk about in the next segment under the limbic brain is the thing that short circuits the whole brainstem so he, so when you start doing his breathing exercises and then the cold exposure is some other thing which we'd, I'd love to talk to about talk to you about also but I'm I'm using him as an example because this brainstem region is really the key it's the key that locks us down and stops us from facing our fears it just keeps us really numb in a way unless we train it and recognize that we're not under threat all the time uh, and it's also, you know, just to like bring it back down to earth, you know, there's not many things in your body, you know, you can't really control your heart rate. You can, but you can't really control it. There's a lot of things that are just, they escape you, you know, and when you take a deep breath, you are physically controlling your brainstem. And well, I mean, what do you think about that? Is yeah, that a- totally. And that then is controlling your heart rate. So they've put him through a lot of scientific tests and also a group of people that he's trained and have shown the same thing. You can consciously control just through the deep breathing, right? You're, conscious, you're consciously controlling your breathing, mm-hmm. which is then subsequently also controlling your heart rate and then your core temperature. We just did not think that was possible, but it is possible. Now, the thing about the brainstem too that's, that they've shown in brain scans is the area that releases your own endogenous opioids mm-hmm. so that's, and, and your own endocannabinoids. That's your pain-relieving part of your brain. Mm-hmm. So for, for the, the people listening to this podcast, so what happens when you have um, you know, a weak brainstem or... Um, maybe an exhausted brainstem. Like, how does this manifest in your body? Yeah, well, so the interesting thing is the brainstem so essential. If you have any injuries to your brainstem, then, then that's fatal. Mm. That's how critical that part of your brain is. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get control over your brainstem area, then it takes over. Mm-hmm. And then it gets imprinted in your body, basically, either through overeating um, through uh, heart disease, mm-hmm. um, through many other mechanisms. So it's kind of, it's the key area to actually gain control over huh. as the first step. Yeah. And so that's why, why I talk about his methods is because it's such an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like everything in life, which I've discovered after 30 years of studying the brain, is these things sound so simple mm-hmm. and they are simple. But in practice, they're not easy to implement totally because we just can't remember to change or because of the old habits that we've ingrained in ourselves over a really long period of time. And it could be centuries of time, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you know, you stoked this conversation of people, you know, having difficulties, you know, breathing, we know we breathe. But it's, yes, it's short, deep, it's short breath. It's not long, right. deep breath. And even that, like, we are aware that we are, we're breathing, but there are people, I know that I have someone very close to me has, 
he can't think about his breathing because it spirals out of control. He really cannot think about his breathing. It starts, he gets a panic attack. So instead, he, you know, he wants to use these same kind of things. And what we've, we've talked about is um, imagining your ears. I didn't make this up. As I think Christopher Germer, or one of the meditation guys, says, you pretend your ears are satellite dishes. And you just sit there and listen to the sounds exactly where they are. You know, so there was a voice like to my seven o'clock, right? And you just listen exactly what's happening. And it does kind of the same thing. Your brainstem, maybe not where the senses are exactly, you know, and not... Oh, it is. It processes my sensory input. Sure. So it's just there are, there are a lot of ways that we can kind of tap into this of course if that's the way in Mm -hmm. the deep breathing though has this additional thing Mm -hmm. you're getting like if you do the Wim Hof breathing Mm -hmm. which is completely different to any other breathing I've seen it's very deep breathing Mm -hmm. which means you're getting oxygen to your mitochondria it's total physiology here Mm -hmm. and that mitochondria forms the energy cells of the rest for your body. So it's so secondarily, that deep breathing and the cold exposure. So that's another way into I would highly recommend just taking a cold shower that shuts down everything inside your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's happening there, right? We're talking about training our nervous system, right? Really, ultimately, that's what we're about. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on one region here. But Ultimately, we're talking about training your nervous system. Now, what flows through your whole body? Blood mm-hmm. and the 156,000 kilometers. And what are they innovated by? Nerves. It's the way they work. So when you have a cold shower, you're, you're constricting and then dilating your blood vessels, and it's all driven by your nervous system. So it's a perfect way to wake up your nervous system, mm-hmm. and it's a perfect way to train it. So the deep breathing that he's recommending is completely different to anything I've seen because it's not just deep breathing, it's also retention. So you're activating your brainstem during that retention phase because your brain thinks it's going in, it's, you're going to die. Hmm. But you can overcome it through the retention process and you can hold it for longer and longer and longer, which is a training mechanism. But you're teaching your brain to not be fearful through that process, you see. So it's got lots of components to it. Huh that are really deeply embedded in neuroplasticity. Interesting. And it's like, so what do you think of, you know, the brain center running all the time, and when you're consciously thinking about your breath, you're almost giving the brain stem a rest, right? Because it's the rest of your brain is, is controlling that. Exactly. And I mean, you're running, Selena's running 100 miles, everyone, which is incredible. <laughs> so like even someone who's running 100 miles in whatever, two days, you have to stop. You know, you need a rest. Yeah. And if our brain stems are running forever, then that's exhaustion. Yeah. Well, we see that eventually. What I like to talk about is that your brain keeps the score so unless you're doing these techniques it will just stop it will just shut down Hmm. so the brain will just one day say oh that's enough I've had enough 
and it will just shut you down. So that's why what we're teaching here is your capacity to extend the lifetime before it shuts down. Thank you.